Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting-edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. With me today for a business chat is Claire Welsh. Welcome, Claire. Thank you very much, Kathy. It's good to be here. Oh, it is. It is. This is a, I'm looking forward to this one, literally rolling up my sleeves. So Claire is an occupational therapist. And do you ever describe yourself as the founding director of Echelon Edge? Absolutely, because I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I would love to know is why Echelon Edge? What's I love it. I like the way it sounds when you say it. What, what was your thinking behind the business name? Well, in fact, one of the reasons I chose that name is because it's very broad and it encompasses a lot of different things. And one thing that OTs love to do and that I love to do is to help people reach their maximum potential, mm. their echelon edge. And that's something that I hold as a value and something that I bring to the business. And you're right. I love the way that the words sound together. Mm. And I am someone who loves language and writing, so I love I love that aspect of the name as well. It's the sort of business name that you actually say it two or three times. You kind of read it, but you actually say it as well because you sort of the look of it and the sound of it kind of go together. So good choice, good choice. Thank and I think you. it's it's a really nice reminder about the story that sits behind a business name as well. Um, I'm not sure that everyone listening would have that kind of story sitting there. So uh, thank you for sharing your your thinking. So you do, you do a lot of writing. I do a lot of writing. Why is that? <laughs> well, I'm a medico-legal consultant and what that means is that I write a lot of reports. And fortunately, it is something that I, I have loved from a very young age. So that's lucky because I spend a lot of my time doing that. Yeah, so let's go back a little bit. We might need to start in the OT history and then we'll come into the business history. Your OT role, have you have you been in medical legal for a long, 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 long time or was there some other stuff beforehand? I have been in medical legal for quite hmm. a long time. Uh, in fact, over 20 years now. So earlier on, I, after I graduated, I did do clinical work in the community and in hospitals including the mandatory time spent over in London. Uh, oh, yes. Working, of course, <laughs> working in the hospitals over there, and that was an incredible experience. So after that, I came back to Australia and did various clinical roles and then did some consulting in medico-legal, and that's where I really found my niche. And then you had this crazy thought one day that you wanted this flexible work lifestyle and that you wanted to do your own thing. I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but <laughs> what what got you thinking about your own business? Well, it was having my first baby, actually. Oh, I, really I hear this a lot. Those, those first babies have got a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, but also I felt ready. I felt ready to mm. step out on my own and do... Um, have some more work going out in my own name and putting my own stamp on it 
And of course, the flexibility that Medico Legal Work gave me was, was perfect for that time of my life when I was wanting to juggle all of those different roles at the same time. So did you start like a few hours a week or were you contracting somewhere else or did you just come up with the name and put your shingle out and off it went? How That transition into it can sometimes be a little interesting. Yeah, I was very fortunate in that I was doing some contract work and, in fact, some work as an employee to start with, uh, which meant that I had some incredible mentoring in my very early career. And that set me up for more of a consulting role as time progressed and um, and consulting with lots and lots of different therapists who have different approaches and different mm. ideas. And um, I've been able to draw upon the expertise of others, really, to develop my own style. So the early mentoring is what really led me to uh, consider putting out my own shingle and um, putting my own stamp on it in the same way that they've done. Yeah. What attracted you to Medico Legal? I love Medico Legal for a number of reasons. I love the intellectual aspect. Uh, I love the challenge that every single case presents to me. And like many OTs, one thing that I'm endlessly curious about is human beings. So when I go on holidays, I sit in cafes and I do people watching. That's in the good old days when we were allowed to go on holidays. Yeah, that is, that is quite a, a dizzying thought for us, uh, us Melbourneites. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we'll get back there again. Yep. But back in the good old days, that's something that I love to do. I love to talk about people and find out about them. And when you're interviewing someone for a medico-legal assessment, it's a total immersion in that person's experience. They're not just someone with a back injury or a neck injury. They're a human being with their own complexities that they bring to this situation. And I, I think it's an honour to be provided with the opportunity to really delve into that person's being and identify how this particular injury has affected them in the context of all of that background. It's fascinating. And uh, when I'm interviewing someone, I love the fact that there are the there's the multi-dimensional aspect to assessing them. So you're, you're watching the person, looking at their reactions. You're thinking about their injury and the biomechanics or the psychological processes behind it. And you're thinking about the doctors who have assessed them before and their own personal context, their own families and their own work history and where they want to go. And putting that all together uh, is, for me, it's so interesting um, and then to be able to funnel all of that information into a report that's readable and useful to a number of people is, for me, it's quite an art and a science and blending those two together is both challenging and fun. The passion in your voice almost gets me climbing through the, the white little white light to uh, consider this kind of work. So you absolutely love it and thrive on it. But Absolutely, yeah. If we digress a little, we'll come back to the business stuff. Mm. What do other people think about this world, this mythical, scary world of medico legal? What, like you love it? You, I don't need to convince you. What, what feedback do you get from others about it? Well, my friends who are not in this industry tend to be terrified of it and say, "I could never do that. It's so scary." And um, that's the general feedback is that it's too scary and 
it's really not scary, <laughs> but it's very difficult to convince people of that unless they've spent some time uh, with some skin in the game and and had mm. some experience. Um, but it's it's not about being hammered by lawyers and um, and grilled under cross examination. There is a little bit of that, but it's not as scary as it sounds. If you're confident in your assessment and your processes, then it's quite exhilarating. It's a really exciting experience and it's a case, an opportunity to showcase our whole profession and to, to speak to that insight that occupational therapists have that other professions um, don't have or they don't mm -hmm. have in the same way. So it's a great opportunity to, and a great honour to be able to represent a case in that way. I guess you also got really good mentoring at the start yeah. and perhaps that is just the missing piece as well, that whilst there may be curiosity about what this work is like, it's uh, am I good enough? How much help will I get? How much help will I need? And so there perhaps is curiosity on one side, but just you know, getting there and over into it, perhaps yeah, without absolutely. the supports and infrastructure is, is also another kind of piece. That's right. And that learning, uh, I have, there is a structure in terms of how those skills are learned and it does take time, but the, the reward at the end of going through that training process is worth it because it changes the way that you assess people and look at people um, and it just provides that really interesting dimension to your work. But you're right, it's that early training and that's why when I bring on someone new, that's a very strong emphasis is training and starting with the easier work, uh, when I mean easier perhaps. It's relative. Yep. It's all relative. It's mm. a simple one injury and then and then developing it from there. Yeah. All righty. Wow. It's got me thinking. Let's, let's go back to the kind of the, the early, the, the young business and the young baby. Mm -hmm. And um, what were those early days of, of business like? Really, really interesting. Just finding my feet, speaking to people, going to conferences, talking to people who are in the industry and finding out what their experiences and what their needs are. And that was how I spent a lot of my early days is really just talking to people and meeting people. And the people in this industry are really lovely um, and very mutually supportive. And uh, that that was a surprise to me, I guess. I thought that it, it wouldn't be like that, it, that it was more combative, but it's not. It's um, It's beautiful. And then I did spend a lot of time writing, perfecting the, the art of writing in a very logical and um, impartial manner and presenting my arguments in a persuasive but, um, but unbiased way because that's what our first duty is to the court and learning that skill was interesting and, um, and involved a lot of time in front of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> How many words do you think you've written? Oh, wow, that's a great question. It would be several books. <laughs> it would be millions. It would be millions, like an Encyclopedia Britannica series. <laughs> there you go. There's a thought. That's a great thought. How many books could I have written in that time? <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh. Anyway, I'll leave you to ponder that. Um, <laughs> all righty, so you were out meeting people. So 
I guess that's a pretty typical way to start the business, isn't it? You know, the, the mm. energy is high, the excitement is high, and it is very much about networking and kind of mapping who's out there and finding your, you know, your favorite referrers and getting confident and hopefully a bit quicker with some of those, those reports as, as well. Where did the business go after that, after those lovely sunny early days of meeting and greeting and serving. What happened then? Well, I started to write reports uh, through various referral agencies. And in uh, medico-legal work, every piece of work is um, is an advertisement of your work because it, it is read by multiple people both <sighs> on both sides of the process. It's like so, a billboard, isn't it? Absolutely. Here she is. This is what she, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of it like that. Hmm. Yeah, so the reports, um, I do see them as as showcasing my work as well to all parties and many parties. And so I've just maintained a very strong focus on quality of every single report that goes out under my name, regardless of who the referrer is. Um, and, and that's how the business has grown. So often, um, or particularly more recently, I'll be receiving, um, people will have read my reports from the other side, as they call it, and then they will start. Grim. To yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it grows. It does grow organically and through reputation. Yeah, yeah. And then other kiddos have come along since and life has been busy. Um, so what does kind of the last five or six years look like for you? Well, the last five or six or the last few years, I decided rather than going through agencies as much, although I still like to do that, is to focus on building my own brand and building my own processes um, so that um, I, can, I, I can build on that long-standing experience that I've gained mm. in order to develop a process that works better for all parties. People are more time poor now. And so I've, I have worked very hard on making processes much more efficient and, and really enjoyed that actually and taking advantage of technology, which is new and always changing and should be used to our advantage. So that's where I have been in the last few years. My children are growing up now. They need me less, I guess. Or different. <laughs> Differently. So mm. I have had more opportunity to invest that intellectual time um, on what I can do to develop the business and the brand and um, and create a report that's more useful for the people who are mm. asking for them. Mm. We are both fans of systems, uh, mm. knowing that systems are often that ticket to freedom. Kind of broadly speaking, what are some of the systems that you have built out in your business recently that really support you and your team and what you're doing? Well, the biggest um, change that I've made recently is through one of my new um, consultants who I've brought on, and she is a, a virtual assistant who is mm. amazing. Uh, she has helped me to, or to collaboratively, we've created new systems uh, that have streamlined processes very, very well and made a, a measurable difference on the business. And so I. I can't speak enough of her, as you know. She's uh, I'm her biggest fan. We won't and tell anybody about 
where she is. No, it's like the cleaner and the hairdresser. (laughs) There's some things you just don't share. No, she's a secret. Um, And then the other aspect, of course, is technology. We're very fortunate that a lot of the um, client relationship management software that we have available now is, is rapidly evolving and making that change has been life-changing for me. It's still a process and we're still getting there, but these programs have so much potential to improve the way that we do our work. So I'm I'm really focused on taking advantage of the technology that other people have made mm. available to us. The technology, uh, to my line of thinking, is, is the vehicle. It's still classic OT stuff, isn't it? It's still dependent on how well the human uses it and how mm. the human manages their task and the time with the, with the technology. Very, very cool to hear that you are wrangling the technology to suit you and that you're saving time with your documents and with the way you bring clients in and with what goes out. Um, where, do you, where do you think this technology is going to get you perhaps in the next six months? That's a great question. I'm I'm open to any way that technology <laughs> can help me <laughs> because I I've learned that just in the last few weeks that it can make a dramatic difference to the way that I work. It means that I can focus on the stuff that's really interesting to me, um, the really creative putting together of science and data. Um, rather than some of the more mundane aspects of report writing. And where would I love it to go? Who knows? Who knows? I'm open to hearing about what else is available and I'm Mm. constantly speaking to my software providers. Give me more. (laughs) Yeah, show me Mm. more, 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 more. And I think we both kind of know that there is way more technology out there, certainly out of industry and you know, that we're just kind of waiting to to see. It's amazing to think what artificial intelligence is going to bring and all the bios, you know, the wearable tech and all these sorts of things. So um, yeah. i got to wonder if we didn't have this little pandemic thing, you know, to what extent <laughs> our focus and our horizons might have been a little different. don't know. No, I don't know. It's you can presented sit- its own challenges. It's presented its own opportunities, actually, mm. um, in terms of being able to figure out how to assess people via Zoom. That uh, is has been an entirely new skill set that we've been forced to learn really, really fast. And um, so that's it has had its positives as well. And it's made, I guess, some people who might otherwise not be able to access OT because of their remote location, it's made it suddenly ex- uh, accessible for them. Very true. Very true. Good old Zoom. You know, it's a it's an adjective and it's a noun and it's a verb. It's quite the uh, quite the quite the quite the world the word. So you've gone really strong on systems and um, for time and technology. What else have you been learning about the the business and getting great changes in in the last few years? What else have I learned? I've learned to be uh, very disciplined in the way that I manage myself uh, in terms of being very focused on one thing at a time. And in terms of time management, that has been quite a game changer. So it's very easy to get distracted by these shiny little things. Uh, On the phone? Are you holding up the phone? Yeah, I've got got that little terrace (laughs) sitting there beside me. 
That's right. So I have been working really hard to fight, to get into the really, um, what do they call it, the that um, zone of deep concentration mm. um, and that has enabled me to focus on my business a lot more. And so really a lot of the business changes that I've made have actually been personal changes that I've made in a very positive and productive way. Yeah, and I guess the discipline is part of just creating habits, if you like. It, you can have a great idea and you can, you know, do incredibly well for three or four days, but you've then got to kind of correct your course and bring yourself back onto, you know, this new behaviour. Um, habit is sort of, you know, a form of behaviour modification in a way, isn't it? So, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was the last time you invested in your non-clinical staff? You know, reputation is everything. And when staff feel under pressure, undervalued or underskilled, service drops, teamwork stops and your business loses money. Contact Lightbulb Training Solutions today for a free customer service analysis so you can create and maintain a remarkable reputation for your business. Lightbulbtraining.com.au What about your love affair with numbers, Claire? My love with numbers. It's growing, Kathy. Don't gush too much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm learning and loving. Everyone loves. Well, I love to learn new things. People mm. like to learn new things, and so that has been a revelation to me: is to learn about um, about numbers and business numbers and how mm. they all work and how they can work for me and work for others. Uh, that has been an evolutionary change in the business and one that I'm enjoying the journey learning towards learning about that. Yeah and allied health professionals kind of so often sort of just throw their hands up and literally step back. Sometimes I literally see people push their office chairs back against the wall as far away (laughs) from the little white light and me as possible but and that and when you actually kind of think about it if you think about those um, those OT skills that brought you, you know, attracted you into the medical legal or any part of OT. It is about curiosity and observation mm. and patterns and the reasons that patterns happen and why that one's there and that one's somewhere else and why did that actually happen and what's the story behind that? And if you mm. think of just all of, you know, those little kind of lines, you can ask your numbers those exact same questions and just start to get, you know, under the, um, you know, just out of the grid lines and into the story behind the the numbers. And um, I don't know, I found that once we start thinking of it as a story and patterns and it just kind of, I don't know, everyone takes a belly breath and the shoulders drop and all of a sudden it feels <laughs> a little more approachable and the spreadsheet just may stay on the screen for a fraction, a fraction longer. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Mm. That has been a, ja- a game changer is, being able to view the numbers as as a story, as you said, that's what they're mm. there for. It's not something that I was trained in as an OT. It's a new skill, but learning it and and as you say, reframing it in a way that is is useful and actually interesting um, does make it much more compelling and something I'm much more likely to stick with and mm. learn from and learn about. And so, yeah, that's been terrific. Sometimes what happens is that once you kind of get into the story and you understand what the numbers are speaking, it can get a little competitive. It can, (laughs) if you're someone, 
uh, I'm not saying that you are, but if if you're a business <laughs> owner who likes a personal best and likes to kind of be just gamifying things a little bit, you can pick out those two or three numbers and sort of say, yeah, watch this. We're gonna we're gonna smash <laughs> smash this out of the park um, in August or in this in this quarter. Do you reckon is that is that you? I don't yeah, know if it is. Look, is it? It is you. You're that I'm one. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Absolutely. I've just started to look at the numbers in a different way, mm. befriend the numbers and and learn to play with them. And that has been fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Good, good. So um, fear not the numbers. Fear not the medico-legal work. Fear not the, no. fear not the numbers. Fear not the That's numbers. That's right. That's a good analogy, actually, I guess, because... Um, as I said, as OTs, it's not something we've been trained in. But then once you get into it, you realise it, it's actually fascinating and it's not scary and it's useful. And it's it's very similar. I guess when people look at medico-legal, they think, gosh, that's too scary. That's too hard. I could never do that. But once you get into it, it's fascinating and, and it provides you with personal opportunity to grow. And it really does uh, support a, a really important process um, for mm. clients who are going through something that's incredibly stressful for them. You can help them tell their story and you can help the the process understand what's going on on, on many levels. That's how unique skill set. And so applying that same reframing to the numbers is, is very good. I hadn't thought of it that way. I have neither. I think we've just come up with something kind of useful there. I'm right. Keep talking, Claire. I'm writing notes here. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's about the ability to analyze and then task analyze, I reckon. Mm, Just yeah, step definitely. back a little and yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, we can ponder that. We can ponder. We yeah. can ponder that one. Uh, have you ever had to do any formal marketing? Do you know what? No, I haven't. I, I've relied very much on my reputation. So I have a website and I've just started to develop a Facebook presence thanks to my uh, trusty VA who's helping me with that and LinkedIn as well. But I've never really had to because, as I mentioned before, um, the the product sells itself in that a lot of people read it and that's how I've marketed. Mm. So, no, I never really have. I haven't done much of that which means that you potentially have more work than you can than you have writing hours is that right right. absolutely unfortunately I am turning down a lot of work because I simply don't have capacity to Mm. meet the time frames there's just a phenomenal amount of work that has been presented to me and I'm very fortunate and grateful for those opportunities Um, so I have been uh, recruiting and really keen to find someone to help me share this very exciting journey um, with me. So hmm, what is it that you can kind of say to encourage someone to come to the medical legal side? <laughs> well, I, what I can encourage them with uh, is some very personalised training and support in a way that in a you know in a different organization they may not have that opportunity because I have learned from personal experience the benefit of having that very intensive early mentoring and by providing that to someone else I'm setting them up for success Uh, no report will go out without um, very thorough 
um, mentoring in the earlier stages, mm. but also through development of the report. Um, and look, things very rarely go to court nowadays. Most of them settle. So that's not a skill set that's used very much. Um, but the assessing and the report writing obviously is something, it's a skill set that can be learned. And to be able to put that additional, um, uh, what do you call it, that additional um, trick into your bag of tricks mm. is something that not a lot of other people have. So it's um, it sets you out from the rest. It makes you different. It makes you an expert in your field. And um, I think that that's something that people value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's also, I'm just going to talk myself into into thinking about the question here, but I guess it's also the type of work that is just so pandemic friendly because yeah. it is like, you know, as I understand it, colleagues who've worked in this kind of piece, it's been flexible, there's client relate, you know, client collaboration work, but then there's writing and analysis and writing that fits around family and there's mm. deadlines, but there's time before that. And it, it it isn't the nine to five job. And I think the pandemic might have kind of just shaken us up a little about the nine to five job and finding some shoes and going to the office. It's It's been a really, really uber flexible part of our profession for ages. Mm. I don't know. My, I'm probably way off the mark on that one. No, I think you're right on the mark. For me, that's that's been an absolute, it's been one of the most important things to me uh, is to be able to have that flexibility with um, family in particular and to be able to say, yes, I can go to that sports carnival. Um, yes, I can take the kids to the dentist and I can still get that report done by tomorrow, 5 a.m., mm. 5 p.m., um, and without having to to justify it to anyone is is an incredible opportunity, and I'm very fortunate to have had that opportunity over many many years. Yeah. So, how do you really leverage that flexibility across your week? Well, I I work very hard between school hours, um, and then I do a little bit of work on the weekend when there's a little bit of downtime, and that's what works for me. Um, but as I mentioned, I've got more work than I can handle <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so if I can um, provide that opportunity to someone else, then they have the opportunity to say, no, no, I don't yeah. want to work that much. And that's the beauty of it is you can to some extent or to a large extent uh, dictate how many hours you want to work this week. And it can be different this week to next week depending on what you've got on and, and how you can be flexible with your own schedule. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so interesting, so interesting. All righty, so flexible, you've got loads of work. It's really interesting. It doesn't have to be scary. Neither do the numbers have to be scary. Mm. What's, what's in the crystal ball for the next 12 months for you and Echelon Edge? Well, I, I've developed this new system that's, makes it more interesting and more rewarding for therapists and it gets the reports um, through the process in a very uh, precise and um, useful way. And so what I would love to do is to share that opportunity with other OTs. Mm. Um, so OTs are, um, we're having our moment where we're shining, which is terrific. Everyone loves us. We're very popular and I would encourage anyone to think about doing something a bit different. 
something a bit left field mm. to not to to um, replace what they're currently doing, but to add a bit of add a bit of interest, something really novel and exciting. Um, either as a consultant or as an employee, really, that is where I would love to go is to be able to provide other therapists with the same incredible opportunities that I've had to live a really flexible and full life um, of value to me and what works for me at any one point in time. It's feeling like the seek.com podcast, which is also very cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit desperate at the moment, but but it has, but really, I mean, it is as an OT who's been working in this field now for 25 years, it's so, so rewarding to be able to see the whole profession valued the way that it is at the moment. I love that. And um, it's about time (laughs) because we, we have a really unique skill set. People don't ask as much anymore. What what is an OT? They know. More people know what it is now, and it's there's never been a better time to be an OT than now. We're very yeah. very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally high five on on that one. So, what about you as the business the business owner in the next few years? Where's your business brain going to go? Where's my what, sorry? Your business brain going to go. Where are you going to be mm. kind of, yeah, growing and building and challenging? Well, what I really want to do as a business owner is to build and grow and develop other people mm. in terms of other therapists. And it's, it's, I know it seems to be as though we're focusing on the recruitment, which we are. <laughs> but from my perspective, I, I find that very rewarding to mm. be able to to grow other therapists and to support them in that. So the business is growing in really interesting ways. So there is a rehabilitation component as well, which has been evolving over the last couple of years. And that enables diversification of skill set from a personal perspective. And it allows me to road test some of the recommendations that I make uh, in the medico-legal reports just to make sure that everything's consistent with evidence-based practice and personal experience. So I guess uh, from a personal perspective, I'm looking at uh, broadening the um, the way that I present my OT skills. So being able to use those skills uh, to grow another therapist really and also to diversify the business a little. Yeah, yeah. So many business owners bring in therapists first and then they bring in a bit of admin support because it's not fun doing everybody's admin all of the time. And then they build the systems. Mm. But what I'm hearing from what you've done is you've done it the other way around. Yes. Which I reckon makes good sense, I've got to say. Oh, thank you. Yes. So everything's already running really well, optimally. And mm. um, the administrative support is incredible that I have at the moment. I'm very, very fortunate with the people that are working with me. And the, as you said, the systems, uh, which includes IT systems, they're set up, they're good to go. So we're ready. Yeah, it's, it's really good to, to hear this because sometimes, you know, when businesses are small and kind of in seedling, the business owner sort of thinks that, 
their time isn't valuable and they'll just do more of the things and that they're almost not worth worth it. Oh, well, there's not that much admin, but when you add it up, there's actually five or six hours a week. And so there's sort of this, this thinking that the admin help, and I'll do some air quotes because the admin help, it's, yeah, we're not big enough. We can't afford it. But in fact, you actually can't get over that road bump until you free up your time. Has that been, does that resonate with you? Absolutely, it resonates Mm. with me. And um, as I mentioned before, my um, administrative assistant, she's next level. The Um, unicorn. She is the unicorn and she's mine. Um, But she she does, she's very proactive in terms of of prompting me in terms of different Mm. systems that she can take away from me as well. So, uh, yeah, you're quite right. It's not until you actually track your time, which I I routinely do, and realise how much time can be spent on other things. And you know what? I'm supporting someone else who uh, has developed their own business as a virtual assistant, Mm. so I'm supporting someone else to develop their own brand and their own business as well. So I I feel really good that um, I'm providing someone else with the opportunity to grow in that way as well. So uh, as well as freeing me up to think about the things that are important to my business. Yeah, until you start uh, changing the way you use your time, often nothing else will change. That's right. And as you mentioned before, tracking that time can be quite the eye-opener, very confronting. Mm. I think that's scary. It is scary when you look Mm. at the numbers for those first few weeks and go, oh, my goodness, what am I doing with my time? I'm on the phone. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not spending the time as wisely as I can. And to sit back and reimagine what that would look like in a much more productive way is confronting and uh, but once it's done, it's really worthwhile. It's made quite a big difference. Yeah, really, really motivating as well. Alrighty. So, what are your kind of parting uh, parting recommendations uh, for business owners? For business owners, it's just to give it a go. It's so much fun. It's so rewarding to be able to take your own path and do something that's so different. Uh, to what you've seen before and what you've always had niggling in the back of your mind about, oh, what if what if we did this and what if we did that? You get the opportunity to try it and maybe sometimes do a great job and sometimes not, but to grow from that experience. Mm. And so to anyone, I would say just give it a go. It's absolutely worth it. I don't regret it for a second. That's so good to hear. Is there anything you'd wish you did differently? <laughs> um. No. Look, I think that everything, I know it sounds very philosophical, but everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah, go on, go on. I interrupted. Yeah, no, no. It's been a really interesting and rewarding journey and I've learned a lot and I continue to grow and I'm sure that in a year's time I'll be different to who I am today, but that's all part of it and I don't regret it for a second. It's been quite the ride. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in and sharing up the uh, business adventure to date. Just remember, you know, pat yourself on the on the back. You know, the the adventure continues. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.